0: The show's about to get a lot better because Joe Theismann is joining me right now, Super Bowl champion, NFL MVP, All-Pro
2: quarterback, friend of the show. Joe, what a weekend of football, man. Good morning. Oh, Bill, good morning to you. It it was a crazy weekend and, uh, you know, surprises all over the place. Um, Great performances. I mean, it had everything you could possibly want. If you're a football fan, I don't think there was anything that really um, didn't fit the menu for this weekend. As a matter of fact, overall... Obviously, you're always going to find some things in in games for officials, but overall, I thought the games were officiated, you know, okay. Let's put it that way.
0: I did too. I yeah, I found the entire, even though only one of those games were really close. I found the entire slate of 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 those playoff games riveting. And I I got to start with that Cowboys game, Joe, because I just want to I want to because everybody was mean to me because I thought the Packers were going to win this game because I'm just such a Dak Cowboys doubter. But I certainly I don't think anybody thought the game would go the way that it did, and the score notwithstanding the, the domination the Packers put on them. C- can you explain to me as a quarterback, as a, an expert in this, in this game, what happened to what is going on
2: with, with Dak Prescott in these situations? Well, you know, it isn't just these situations. Look at the teams that – the good teams beat Dallas this year. Dallas was basically in a division where everybody was struggling. So, you know, you look at, you look at six wins there of the 12 were in the division. Um, but, you know, I mean, to me, you you got to make – you make your bones in the playoffs. And that's, that's really where everything happens for you uh, as far as, the, you know, the quarterback position goes. I mean, that's, that's, the, that's what everybody's looking at. I think, you know, it, it, Joe Flacco had the same situation in the Cleveland-Houston uh, game as Dak had. The two interceptions that came sort of almost back-to-back were the backbreakers for each of those teams. And I thought Joe Berry, the defensive coordinator at Green Bay, did a great job of showing one thing, forcing Dak to go places. Uh, it looked like Dallas never, ever got into any kind of a rhythm as, as a play caller. Offensively, Jordan Love made some incredible throws. They made some incredible catches. And that, that's what the playoffs are all about. It's guys stepping up and making plays. I mean, it looked like the whole first half of that Dallas game that, that Dak and uh, T.D. Lamb were playing on two different football teams it it just there was constant communication and that that's a struggle sometimes when you're when you best guy catching the football uh and you aren't on the same page joe and i
0: want to give credit to to the packers and, it, and as a bears fan it, it it almost pains me that this is true but i've sort of i've been rooting for jordan love because i think it has not been the easiest transition from from backup to to starter for all the reasons we know it sure looks like they've got another real one in green, in green bay what is your evaluation of, of Jordan Love now that we've got a season and a playoff game in terms of what you think he actually will be and is in the National
2: Football League? He is, he is the poster guy for spending some time on a team, learning the offense, playing behind someone, and preparing yourself to play. You got all, look at these, the young quarterbacks are all thrown out there, other than C.J. Stroud, who was unbelievable and has been. Um, but you, that's the exception to the rule. But he sat behind Aaron, just like Aaron sat behind Brett, and and you you learn it. The other thing that you see in this offense, when Aaron Rodgers was the quarterback in Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers basically I think ran pretty much everything on the field. What you see is Matt Lafleur calling plays and the quarterback executing them. He hasn't, he, you know, he hasn't been there long enough to be able to sort of uh, adjust and adapt like like Aaron was able to do. So that's Matt's offense, and it's being run just like he wants it run, and that's the efficiency. Plus, they ran the football so well. Now, I, Listen, I, I, I played for George Allen, it seems like, 100 years ago. It was about half that. But his whole thing was you play great run defense, you run the football, fewer things bad can happen, and it gives you a better chance to win. And you look at, you look at games now where, the, where they get some semblance of a running game, you're going to be able to. Look, look at Detroit in the first half. Being able to run the football makes a world of difference.
0: Joe Theismann here on the show. Joe, last Cowboys question for you, but I'm I'm curious your take here. I have nothing but respect for for Bill Belichick, and I, and I understand why. For a lot of people, if Mike McCarthy is no longer the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, they're looking at Belichick. For for me at least, I'm a little skeptical that Bill Belichick, who is used to having utter control over player personnel decisions. Is going to fit seamlessly with Jerry Jones, who really likes being in charge of a lot of the things on the football side that happen in his son in Dallas. How do you evaluate if if the job's open, the idea of Bill Belichick as the Dallas Cowboys' next head coach?
2: Bill, I see it the same way you do. Um, You've got you know Bill would want to control the operation, Bill Belichick, and he should. He's earned that right. He's that great a football coach. I mean, just you know, you can argue he's the greatest that ever ever coached. Um, on the other side of it, you you know Jerry's not going to give up control. Jerry's the general manager, so all of a sudden, does Bill now become the general manager and coach? I just I can't see that happening. I just it somehow or other that just doesn't fit into my uh, my vision. Yeah,
0: I'm 100% with you. Joe Theismann on the show. Joe, I lived in Kansas City for seven years. Both of my kids were born there. I went to a lot of Chiefs games as a reporter, and I thought I'd experience cold. But watching it just from a distance, from the comfort of my very warm Los Angeles, California home, I was shivering thinking of the people at Arrowhead. What is the coldest game that mattered that you ever played in? do you ever approach anything like what we saw yesterday?
2: Well, first of all, Bill, did you feel guilty at all sitting in a warm room watching these guys freeze?
0: I will tell you this. I sent <laughs> photos of palm trees to friends of mine
2: because I'm a bad guy. <laughs> I believe that. No, actually the, cold, actually, the coldest game we ever played in was in Buffalo. I believe it was like 83, I think, or something. like it was, it was minus five Buffalo, and it was the last game of the season, and it was miserable. I mean, it almost doesn't do you any good to go sit in front of heaters because as soon as you get up, you're frozen again. You sort of have to let your body adapt to the cold. Uh, what I was so impressed with, and this has been an Achilles heel for the Kansas City Chiefs all year, was dropped passes. You know, Kelsey put a few on the ground, but that's hey, that's You, you catch enough up-up, you're going to put some down. But I thought Rice did a fantastic job. And, and they, this, this is the time of year where guys have to step up, particularly in this game and age where we are today, guys that are catching the football. They've got to make tough catches. They've got to make great. We saw that in the Detroit game last night. Just great catches. Um, and, and to me, I really feel like, you know, the cold weather. Th- this, Miami did this to themselves. If they had beaten Buffalo, that game would have been in Miami. It's a whole different story. Um, and there was just, I think, you know, speed gets trumped by cold and, and, and the field. And that's exactly what happened. Miami's got all the speed in the world. Kansas City's used to doing this. They're used to playing there, um, but I, I really, I, like I say, it, I I admire. The, how about how about the kicker, the holder, the snapper? Nobody talks about the significance. Those are the guys. They don't handle the ball all the time. Now all of a sudden you jog out on you jog out on the football field, and it's freezing cold. You got the wind blowing, and you've got to catch it, get it on the ground, make sure the kicker doesn't, you know, he has the opportunity to kick without slipping. You know, I don't I don't think the special teams guys. The kickers got enough credit for what they did in that game, either. Joe,
0: how much of an evaluation? Because there's obviously a lot of talk today about Tua Tonga Iloa and whether he is the wrong quarterback in Miami. And look, for me at least, I just my personal view, it, it's hard for me to evaluate Tua over the course of, of a game that's that cold. But you're the expert. For you, how comfortable would you be if you're the GM or the owner of the Dolphins? making an evaluation on the quarterback or the offense or any other part of that Dolphins team when you lose an arrowhead and it's negative 20 wind chill for, for most of that game?
2: As long as Mike's the coach there, I think that, too, is the right, right guy. I, you know, you know s- systems make a big difference. I don't care what anybody says. You have to marry the right system with the right personnel and the right quarterback, and I think that's what they have in Miami. Miami's built for speed. You know, what gets lost in this whole Miami-Kansas City game is Miami went in really really short on the defensive side of the ball i mean you lose your best pass rusher you lose another linebacker you lose a, a defensive back you know guys are starters in this business for a reason bill they're better than the other guys and so when other guys have to come in and play they're not as good as the guys that were on the field and so that whole unit i think suffers efforts great but talent is what trumps everything all right to Foles... me, I, I, th- I think too, i think two. i think two you know, obviously, shoot, you're coming. How much, how much, how, unless you practice in a freezer, how ready are you to play?
0: Yeah, I mean, and that ball. I've gone to school in Dubuque, Iowa, in weather that cold a couple times. Oh, and I was seven class class. walking. Yeah, I mean, it was, I still remember how miserable it was. All right, uh, Joe Theismann on the show. I'm Bill Ryder. Joe, for this next question, again, you can totally disagree with me. Full disclosure, I listened to Taylor Swift's music. My kids are obsessed with her. If the tickets didn't cost five hundred thousand dollars each, we would go to one of her concerts or trying to get me to we're going to Europe for a week this summer and she's gonna be nearby and I'm just should never have told my kids she's in the area. I I, I like I like I like when they show her on camera. I like Travis I I, I like Travis Kelsey. I, I like the Taylor swift story. But I I was with some buddies yesterday and and they were so mad. They were so irrationally because they know what I do for a living. They started just getting into me about Taylor. As if, I, as if I am the one who set up Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. They were mad at me that, that they always show Taylor Swift. I don't get it. Where do you come down as a guy that obviously a quarterback and is used to attention and usually the most famous people at these games are on the field, not up watching.
2: Uh, where do you come down on the Tay-Tay sensation for the NFL? I think it's great. I, I think, you know, first of all, she's, she's brought a whole bunch of all the Swifties uh, are now interested in football. Whether, whether they, they want to watch the game or whatever, they wait for that moment to see her. I think that, you know, their relationship with Travis and her, that's their personal relationship. Good for them. If, you know, if they enjoy each other, wonderful. Um, I don't have a problem with it all. And there's always, like you said, there's always celebrities at games. They don't just, they, if, I'm, if I'm watching the football game and, and you show me three shots of Taylor Swift during the course of the game, that doesn't take away from the game for me. You know, I'm still watching the football game. I think it's I think it's you know good for them, good for her. Um, she's wonderfully supportive of Travis and what he does. Uh, I, I think it's I think it's terrific. I'm you know I'm a, I'm I'm a newfound Swifty, I guess you could say. But I think her, I think <laughs> well, cool her being board. at the, I think her being at the game is is just it's wonderful that she's there and and you know I hope hope they keep going so we get to see more of her. Uh, look, I'm with it. It's not
0: if I can just add to that, Joe. It's it's not like we're missing keep pl- any plays, let alone, no. you know, Mahomes isn't I throwing a know. touchdown. And they're showing, there's downtime. They're going to show something. Show Taylor.
2: Look at the shot. look at the shot. Look at the shots in a Super Bowl. How many, how much, the Super Bowl, basically, everybody goes to it. So what they do is they find out where all the quote unquote celebrities are sitting and they pan to them, you know, time and time again. So, I mean, to me, that's, uh, you know, I'm glad she's there. Let's put it that way. Do you
0: um what are the odds having watched that game that you think the Chiefs can give Taylor Swift a chance to go to Vegas for the Super Bowl? I mean, do you think Kansas City I mean it's a, it's a, it's almost a ludicrous question because they just go again and again and again. But how do you evaluate the Chiefs right
2: now based on what you saw in that crazy cold game this weekend? I think they you know, I think they haven't they got an uphill climb going through Baltimore. I think Baltimore right now is rested, they're complete Lamar's playing some great football, and you know the interesting just to, just to Baltimore just a little bit, is because Lamar has somewhat of an unorthodox throwing style style, everybody sort of wants to criticize him. I thought the marriage of the system with Monk in there now and and what Lamar is capable of doing, throwing the ball from the pocket so well, I think they're a tough out, and you know like they're, you're just not going to see the kind of mistakes that we saw Cleveland make who had the best te- defense in football. Uh, but I, I think I think it's going to be a tough go for Kansas City to go to uh, to Baltimore and play. It's not that they can't do it. See, I think Patrick had a heck of a year. You take into account all the drops, and not only the drops, but where they occurred. You you drop a ball on second down. Now all of a sudden it's third and ten versus third and two. So your conversion rate goes up more difficult. So to me, I, I think it's I think Kansas City's uh, capable of doing it. I think that uh, Baltimore is the you know I I look around the league and I say, you know it looks like Baltimore and San Francisco two best teams and I'm excited for the Packers to go to uh, go to San Francisco to play the uh, 49ers. That'll be a you know great lesson and I think a a terrific football game. Again, you've had a team that really needed to rest some people to get them healthy and they are. So, but you know nothing would surprise me. Detroit, I pick Detroit to be a sleeper. You know, Detroit. look at what Detroit did down in Dallas. I think that the Detroit-Dallas game was as encouraging to the Green Bay Packers psychologically as any game because they proved the vulnerability of the, of the Cowboys at home. I didn't care that they averaged 35 or 37 points a game. Detroit played them toe-to-toe. And like I said, I thought Matt LaFleur called a masterful game on offense with the creativity that he has. And I also love the fact that Joe Barry did a great job of, of one of the best defensive coordination jobs I've seen all year. And it, it's just it's fun that Kyle Shanahan and Matt LaFleur are going against one another. They both coached in Washington. They're two of the best play callers in football. They're two really young guys that are inventive and creative that have got um, great discipline on their football team. That should be a fun one to watch.
0: Joe Joe Theismann on the show. Joe, last one for you. It's a really interesting coaching search cycle because Bill Belichick is available and I would presume Pete Carroll is available and there's a report today that, that Jim Harbaugh is talking with the Chargers as sort of the start of, of, of that process for him. Those are obviously big names. You've got always every year there's some young offensive coordinator. Ben Johnson's a big name out of Detroit. You've also got D'Amico Ryans and Dan Campbell reminding people that if you hire the right defensive coordinator, the right defensive side assistant coach be your head coach and it's the right guy, Really good things can happen. So, they're in DC for, for the Commanders, is there a name or a or a type of coach that you hope that they will target
2: and try to try to bring in for that opening? I I, not, I haven't thought of a particular individual. I think Dan Campbell, uh, excuse me, uh, Dan Quinn, uh, is a heck of a coach down in Dallas. See, Dallas could Dallas could lose their offen- their offensive play caller, their head coach, and their defensive coordinator. You know that potentially could happen to the Dallas Cowboys which would change a lot of things from a familiarity standpoint. Um, Aaron Glenn is another one. I think he's done a terrific job. Um, I, I think, you know, Josh Harris and his group have really, really done a terrific job in their search. They found their GM. Okay, so you've got your GM. Now you move and go get the coach. This is And this is the order in which I thought it would go. Find a GM. Let the GM you know, work with the coach, whoever it is. Then you start putting together your, your scouting group, and then you start bringing in your players. Washington has needs in so many different areas as far as players go. Whether it's an offensive coach or a defensive coach, um, I'm sure they're going to hire the opposite that they feel is just as good to do their job. So I, really, it, I, haven't, I haven't singled out a particular individual to say, okay, this would be the guy to go there. It
0: is going to be a really interesting hiring cycle just around the league. Uh, Joe Theismann, my friend, as always, love having you on. What a great weekend of football. Thank you so much for
2: for breaking it down for us. You're welcome, and I am excited to watch the Buffalo-Pittsburgh game because Mother Nature, once again, cannot be trumped. Uh, Amen. I, I (laughs) I, I
0: love
1: it. Joe Theismann, I'm with you, dude.